Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Gutt, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, 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 hello. What are we doing this week, Trevor? Well, I know what we did last night, which was a lot of fun. We we were the two hunters in our improvised Monster of the Week session, and that was a lot of fun and went, was very successful. That's right. We do a, an online impro class, and uh, this was our uh, first performance for this class. Uh, with another one next week. So, if you're one of our friends or family, look out for it and we'll shoot the invite around. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We we played a, a master and his sort of bumbling apprentice and hunted mm-hmm. unicorns and ghosts and got caught up with other hunters. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But tonight, we're going to play our usual game of Click Pitch. Ben, how does it work? Uh, yeah, well, Click Pitch. This is a game where we each have a random phrase generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, uh, we will each get a, a an adjective and a noun, uh, which I guess is sort of a phrase. I guess it's not technically a phrase. Uh, two words each. And we will uh, throw those words at each other, jam them together, make them into a game design, and uh, keep doing that for, you know, about an hour. We might mix it up later. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Three to one click. Wondering degree. Initiative receiver. Hmm. So, wondering degree made me think of some sort of, like, qualification in mm-hmm. wonder in wondering. <laughs> and initiative made me think of Dungeons and Dragons or some sort of, some sort of digital tabletop mm. sort of game. Okay. So, kind of like- not a turn-based strategy sort of thing, but more of a Mass Effect uh, that kind of still ran with the with the D twenty rules in the background. Yeah, so uh, yeah, essentially a, a sort of modern Western RPG style thing with with D and D ish rules, but you know maybe the maybe the like you can pause, give actions, and and go back to real time or something as opposed to a, a turn based sort of deal. Yeah. All right. Well, what in this world then is wondering? Is it the act of creating wonder? Is it literally like wondering so about is it things? Wonder, as in W O N D E R, or is it wonder, as in I'm wandering around and W O N D E R? So like something that is wondrous or wonderful. Yeah. A lot of the stories that we kind of hear out there is about you know. A, a person from this world slipping into another into another world and mm-hmm. and they sort of you know hang around in that world well what if something magical fell into our world and okay. it's sort of based based so around of a, instead of a fish out of water more of a bird going into the ocean <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's I, I like the idea of turning that, like, obviously, Harry Potter is a big one with, with magic specifically, but the whole, like, oh, the chosen the chosen person finding their way into this magical realm away from the mundane. No, this is someone who thinks the mundane, our world, is new and fresh and amazing. Oh, yeah. And you play Craig. Um, is that someone it, in- It's just someone regular- who, who happens to be a regular sort of person- and they're walking down a dark alley late at night and they start hearing this crackling. It's behind, it's behind like, I don't know, a Burger King or something like that. And they hear a crackling and someone slips through a crack in between, in between the planes. Mm. And, and, they, and they just hear a, hello there. Yeah, a very big hello there. Can you help me? I seem to have slept through this crack. 
Craig just goes, oh, yeah, sure, and, you know, brings him to his apartment, and, you know, it's a, it's a tiny little, like, one-bedroom place. Mm. Um, He's, like, looking at a toaster. Oh, what is this? Oh, toasted bread. Oh, I see. Why can't you just wander that into existence like I do? Oh, and I'm just um, just imagining that <laughs> our wizardy friend yep. continues wanting to go on quests and all this sort of stuff. And sort of, I'm I'm, a, I'm picturing the next morning you look on the fridge and there's like a list of things that you know <laughs> you just got you've got your like journal your quest list. This is your quest for the day, young sir. <laughs> okay, so do we? So do we? All right, which I'm trying to think which fourth walls we're breaking. Like what? Um, what, how meta are we going with this? Because I do like the idea of they're a teenager too, like, because I like the school, the school thing, like flipping that on its head. Cause that's such a common thing of like going to the magical school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so does Craig's, Craig's mum like works weird hours and yeah, something like that. There's no dad in the picture. His mum's sort of working, um, two jobs, just trying to make sure that, you know, he's got, um, Food on the table and a roof over his head and, yeah. you know, it's that, that sort of struggle. Um, it's just Craig and his mum. Yeah. He's trying hard at school and suddenly this fucking <laughs> wonder, wonder Mansa. Ooh, wonder Mansa. Is, as a bit of a, as a bit of a sort of twist, mm-hmm. is he just starting to learn Wondermancy, and he was originally like a necromancer or some or, or like a darker sort of wizard, and he's trying to go down the light of. I was kind of thinking he's just learning too. Like in, in he's the chosen one from his world to come to <laughs> to come to this world, and or at least he feels like he is. And like, yeah, he's he's trying to determine like what his quest, what his quest is here, and you're his companion. Like he thinks he's essentially he thinks he's the main character in a role playing game. Yeah, you. On the meta world, are actually the main character in a role playing game. Um, dealing, <laughs> that you're with- playing the companion. Yes, or- sort of. Yeah, yes. Um, in a mundane world, uh, and so you do. You you like take him to school, and you're having to deal with all his shit and and <laughs> wackiness. He's not very good at <laughs> at magic or a wonder or whatever you want to call it. I- I'm picturing that it's. Late one afternoon, and you've you've gone to a friend's place, and you've brought. Sh- sh- I know shellacness. <laughs> That's not something. Um, you you you've basi- you've basically brought brought your Shinnaman. wondrous wizarding friend Shinnaman along. Shinnaman, there and, you go, fine. And he um he conjures up a six pack for for you and your <laughs> friends, and it's like, dude, this is not this is not cool. We we don't want to get. Oh, they're drunk. all it's totally like, square. Yeah, and yeah. they're all. You know, so I think it's just he's trying to fit in, but he's he's doing all the wrong things. He's bringing things in into into being, but the way magic works here is things that you conjure into being have to have come from somewhere. And I picture that like <laughs> right. occasionally you get a cutaway, and it's like a guy who's going to the fridge to pull out a six pack, and bang, the six pack just disappears, <laughs> and, <he's- laughs> and he's sitting down about to butter his toast, and all of a sudden, you know, the wizard guy brings his toast back. <laughs> like wondrously brings toast into being, and it just so happens that it's like this cranky guy in just this building. one guy. It's this one guy who always he's just gets got a li- very limited just- range in in how he can uh, snatch this stuff. Uh, yeah, it always I like happens that. to be this guy. Yeah. So 
so from a from a gameplay point of view, then if this is a role playing game, for one, I think we should obviously make your character configurable in some way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and I mean we can stick with it's either Craig or uh, Carrie. Carrie, sure. Uh, and you. So what are your skills? Like, what are you? What are your skills or or classes or? Well, I, I don't. I don't think you choose. Well, maybe you choose classes. It could alter things differently in the sort of Mass Effecty way of like more just where your affinity is versus being a completely different play style. Because I think jock, nerd, <laughs> goth kid. <laughs> I like it being more of your style than affecting the story in a big way. Because I feel like it would be tricky to. Although a jock, you know, has a little bit more athletic skill. A nerd has a little bit more intelligence, sort of stuff, and you know, yeah, a I goth so. kid has a little bit more. Charisma or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you can play with that. With yeah, those yeah, that's true. That's true. Ideals a little bit. I guess, bit. We, yeah, we don't have to play into the full-on stereotypes of, oh, if they're a jock, like, their life's going to be completely different. It's like, no, they're just- Yeah. They're a kid. They're going through the same bullshit that every other kid is going through. Yeah. It's just, you know, they may not get bullied as much. <laughs> they may be doing some yeah, of the or, bullying. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's it. We could have certain side quests or scenes or whatever that uh, that take your, your class there into account. Um, but I like the idea that towards the end of the game, you know, Shinnaman actually realises- like how special you you actually are and that he is here to help make you become the person that you need to be. Yeah, it's like your sort of big life quest in some way. What does that look like then? Is it just like graduating high school <laughs> or is it or is it longer term than that or is there something else that happens? To- yeah, at some stage you get your head your head shaved and you got like 666 written into your head and he turns turns out that you're the you're Damien, you're you the know. antichrist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's there to help you take over the planet and I know. I, I, I was just, you know, coming up with some bullshit. No, no, no. But, I think we yeah, you know. I think I think I think we keep it we keep it mundane, but it could be that something big happens. Like, Something big but, has already happened. You've you've seen that there's other dimensions out there. Well, yeah, mate, well that's it. Maybe you're Maybe you're supposed to bring- You become a scientist and, and you bring the earth into, into the new- Into, this into the new, new age of, of wonder. Age of, of wonder. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's fun. Um, yeah. and, and then does Shinnaman ever get to go home? Um, is, that the, is that the end game? Is it like 20 years later and finally like you've, you as the scientist have found a way to send him home? And then, you know, it turns out that it's very much like a- a um you know army of darkness sort of thing that you send him to the wrong dimension oh and, and then, then the it- sequel is you you are actually shinnaman again a different kind of world where there's you know maybe th- there is magic but it's like dark blood magic and you're having and, to and from then on it's just magic quantum leap magic quantum leap but between dimensions rather than like different people yeah. with it yeah cool magic quantum leap uh yeah fun love it so mm. you want to click. <laughs> Saltwing. Unfounded bunch. So Saltwing to me sounds like the name of like a creature, like a some sort of flying creature. A mystical monster that you find on the salt plains or something like that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, maybe along the lines of um uh what was that? Game by the Shadow of the Colossus folks that I didn't end up playing with the big oh, yep, dog yep, thing. Yep. I don't remember what their third I game was called. But the anyway, Last Guardian. The Last Guardian, go. yeah. Maybe a little bit like that in that you've got this 
giant flying creature that you find and sort of befriend and- um, Ooh, I, I like the idea that this creature is is super innocent. You know, it's um, it's been hunted, mm-hmm. mm. but it's it's like it it doesn't do anything to to anyone. Like it's it's a herbivore sort Ooh, of thing. Well, maybe it's- you like yeah, maybe you find it's maybe when you find it, it's still in its egg. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's 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 a it's a baby essentially. All right, is this? Is this sort of a fantastical world that we start in? I think it's like a alternate Earth sort of thing. Slight differences, but you know, it's. I guess uh, is there are there cities and 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 technology, or are we sort of? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of set around this sort of this sort of era, but you know, there's definitely some differences between. And are these sort of creatures in this Earth? Are they, are these sort of creatures common, or is this a uh, like weird? I think this creature is one off. Is like a mystic. It's like a sort of creature that's, yeah, it's it's known of, but um, you know, it's kind of like the dodo that everyone thought that it had been hunted to extinction, sort of thing. Mm, okay, okay. Um, feathered or l- like scales or like l- like reptilian feathered feathered. Okay. Yeah. Um, beaked. Like, are we thinking like bird like in that way or? Yeah. Well. I actually saw something the other day that um it was a picture of a swan without feathers and it looks like what what a what a dinosaur would actually look like. Right. So I kind of think the idea of you know dinosaurs in this world whenever people sort of drew them they were always very very feathered and and looked kind of like huge humongous birds. Yeah. Sort of thing. In this case a saltwing is is kind of like a a you know a layover from from the you know Jurassic period or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like as but if it's, it's like if if like the Loch Ness monster is a you know brachius. Well, no, what is the um anyway? You, you know, yeah, some sort of sea dinosaur. Then this is this a similar sort of thing where there's this myth of you know that 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 these these flying dinosaurs, feathered dinosaurs, have uh have survived up in. The mountains or something. Mm-hmm. The cliffs, the high cliffs. And so, are you? Uh, are you a child, or, or, or do we flick, f- like go away from the trope of the like child and their and their companion animal? And you're like, maybe you're like an elderly person. Yeah, because you could actually, you know, sort of have that. This person was involved earlier in their life in maybe a hunt for a salt wing or something like that. And yeah, well, I think I think like. Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or whatever, I think there are people out there who are hunting these or, like, trying to find these things, uh, you know, believe they exist. The hoax, there are hoaxes all the time, but obviously mm-hmm. it's never actually come come to pass. And you were maybe one of those people for a long time and, and you finally became disillusioned. You retired, you know, up here on the cliffs, you know, isolated kind of area where you'd, you know, because while hunting for it, you, you had just- Fallen in love with this sort of landscape or something, but then you, yes, you stumble across an what egg. you had been looking for all this time. Yes, in an egg. I think it's one of these things where you were so focused on this whole thing that you actually forgot to live. Mm. You know that you were so one-sided that you know you've been alone. You don't have, you don't have the friends. You don't have the family, and this salt wing sort of makes you realize what you've what you've been missing all these years and companionship that you know that maybe you can you can achieve by sort of letting go of oh that's interesting 
Yeah, there could be a bit of like, now that you've found it, you're obviously obsessed with it. You're trying to help it. You like, I actually like the idea of it being smaller to start with. So we cover the sort of growth of it up into this like huge creature eventually. Um, and it might, it might still only be over the course of like a few weeks or something. Like maybe it grows really fast, but, uh, but yes, the point of it is that at the end, you end up having to let it go anyway after this short time with it because it needs to like fly free or whatever and, um, and, and live its life. And yeah, you mm-hmm. sort of comparing that then with, oh, I need to live the rest of my life. And so maybe do we bring in then sort of the family that he is abandoned in this time, like estranged children and grandchildren no, or something? No, I, 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 I think or it's just more. A personal- I think he literally never, never got married. Never, never even had someone else. Mm, okay, there, like he's he's literally a sad, bitter, bitter old man uh, who learns through this companionship that maybe but he's still got life left to live. And yeah, and so it's I time, think time to live it. The final scene could be he actually sits down in a diner and actually goes to talk to the lady who's been serving him pie. Like, at the very start, there's a lady, you know, sitting so in a diner the and she serves him pie. is he installs Tinder on his phone. And it's a very <laughs> poignant scene. And he swipes- As he swipes left, 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 right, and then cut, cut to black. Right, <laughs> cuts to black, and then you hear, ding, the ding of a match. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hope I got those directions right. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been married for- what? You've been married for longer than Tinder has existed, so- Yeah, going on yes. going on 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been going out with my wife since 2000. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of been- You've almost been with her longer than the fucking internet's existed, so-, so That's uh, right, ladies and gentlemen, we are old. We are old. Uh, we are so we didn't really talk about gameplay. I, I definitely, I think there's a bit of f- like flying stuff eventually, like as once it's grown large enough, mm-hmm. you, you know, fucking jump on its back and hold on for dear life and do some cool, you know, adventurous flying. Yeah. I think there's kind of like a Tamagotchi sort of scenario where you got to try and keep this thing alive by feeding it berries and scratching its belly and- <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there is a, a, sh- a short-ish sequence enough of- Almost a montage, essentially, of, of it growing. Gonna need a montage. Montage. Gonna feed your soul and wing. Gonna make it grow. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. Three on click. Mm. Clever involvement. Debatable frequency. So, uh, so strangely, those those words are giving me, like, a Sherlock Holmes kind of vibe. Someone who is clever, but at a debatable frequency involves themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Only when they feel like it. Uh- <laughs> so, so do, so does like, um, Scotland Yard keep coming to him with all well, these ideas and he's kind of like, oh, I really don't give a shit. I, yes, sim- but let's, let's move away from the kind of whatever 18th century, 19th century, um, sort of, sort of vibe of a, of a classic Sherlock character and let's just take the general idea of someone who solves crimes is very mm-hmm. clever sort of above everything but different setting okay lives in australia in the outback and the afp have just come in asking for his help to find the cult of <laughs> box toss <laughs> um <laughs> gary <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Outback, Outback Sherlock Holmes. Yep. Interesting. So, do you play like his John Watson? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's often the perspective that you get on a Sherlock story because I think it, it makes a bit more sense um, mm. to sort of see it from the more relatable person. Although the games, the Sherlock games, always have you as Sherlock. Yeah, but, which I don't um, get because all the, all the books are pretty much written from the perspective of of you know. Well, they're as if John wrote them, aren't they? Mostly, yeah. like Watson wrote them. Yeah, which to me makes so much more sense because Sherlock is just not. You know, you can't be like someone that smart you've got to work with someone yeah well it's, i mean yeah it's hard to play that character because they're too smart essentially to to actually be kind of uh effectively played so look we have an opportunity we have an opportunity here to to name these characters <laughs> What is the sh- who are the Sherlock Holmes and the John Watson of the Australian outback or regional Australia? Well, one of them's got to be Baza. Oh, that was what it was in my head. <laughs> um, Baza Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, that, that's that's your John Watson character. I think you play Baza. Baza okay. Clarkson. Baza Clarkson, who who is working for and 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 sort of friends with the the very. Clever uh, crime solver of Sheila. Uh, I keep on. I'm looking for <laughs> Sheila Ca- Caravan. <laughs> Sheila another- <laughs> Caravan. <laughs> Sheila Jackaroo. <laughs> yep, Sheila Jackaroo. There we go. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was thinking of Holmes House. Oh, you know, okay. We're, yeah. we're somewhere else that you know. I, I did. I did. There was a- Yeah, I did sort of maybe just try to go for a similar sounding name as well, but I couldn't think of anything, so. Sheila Jackaroo. All right. Yeah, I love it. And- And Baza Clarkson is her, uh, her- Her- Her trusty sidekick. hmm <laughs> So, what sort of fucking crimes is she solving? Um, or what is she- What crimes is she interested in that she's going to decide to solve? Because, yes, the- Is it the AFP or is it just, like, the- The regional, like, local police- um, I like the idea that it's sort of like the AFP have come in to help the local police, like right. this series of grisly murders, kind of like yep. the, um, you know, Wolf Creek, you know, sort of Ivan Malat, sort of mm. all these tourists have gone, have been going missing and, mm. and mm. that sort of stuff. I, I think that's ripe for, for someone really smart to come in and, and analyze the scenes and, and realize that it's not the normal sort of, um, you know, serial killer that they're going up against. This this person's very smart. They're covering their tracks. They're um, well. I mean, she has to have her Moriarty. So, yeah. Does that come through in this first big case? Uh, I, I think it's one of these things that you know we we keep your Moriarty sort of behind the scenes, uh, but they're yeah, pulling now, all the strings. Yeah, yeah. So three, four cases down, you realize it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. Um, love it, love it. So, are, are we sort of doing that classic, like the the Sherlock Holmes recent Sherlock Holmes, Holmes games are, are quite good. I I haven't played a lot of them, but from what I've played, they seem. Which you know, one have you played? Uh, I think I played a little bit of like Devil's Daughter or something, and then yeah, I was I about I played to start playing most, that yesterday. I think I played most of one of the other ones actually on uh maybe on Xbox. Yeah, I was I was close to starting one up and then. I'm like, uh, I think I did. I think I did a lot of crimes and punishments. 
the 2014 one. Uh, I think I played through most of that uh, on on maybe Xbox. Uh, And look, it had some cool things. It had some interesting ways that you like connected up your your ideas um, in your sort of little mind palacey sort of sort of thingy. So Sheila does a similar thing in her mind paddock. And it's literally just a paddock filled with, like, sheep and cows that she can just sort of sit down. Yeah, they have things written on the side of them. As the sheep are jumping over the fence, you know, and she's fighting the the will, the urge to sleep, Mm. um, they they kind of have things written on on the side of them that you can- Yeah, and she can conjure up her, like, cattle dog to- To round them up. To round up these ideas into into different different pens. I love it. So fucking stupid. Um, it really is, but we don't give a shit. No, it's it's fantastic. Who is in Moriarty then? Like, so this this crime is done by someone else, but it was driven by some mastermind uh, who who has. Well, I mean, and often Moriarty is is, is really just to get one over on Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a someone from Terrence. Um, I'm thinking Terence because it's, it kind of feels like a, a city name. You know, it's kind of like, mm. you know, upper class. Um, Terence Mullen, maybe? Terence Mullen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't actually know. What, what are like cl- typical Australian names? I don't even know. And I was tempted to go like culturally different, but then I was like, oh, but we're, de- we're creating the villain now. And that's just like, that seems wrong. I don't know. Uh, representation is good, but. Okay. Uh, Dr. Terence Mullen DDS. <laughs> Are they a dentist? <laughs> Doctor of dental surgery, yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Makes perfect I knew, I had, sense. You knew I had to bring it back in. You're the one that actually said, are they a dentist? Because you obviously knew that DDS was- I assume. The- yeah, I was pretty sure. I was pretty sure. I couldn't remember. I wouldn't have been able to tell you exactly what it stood for. I saw you were Googling something, though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, was Sheila once his dental assistant? No. No. That's maybe That's maybe going too far. Um, I, 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 just, I just think that- um, you know, Sheila at one stage, you know, upsta- upstaged yeah. Terence yeah, I think in, Terrence in their is youth just, sometime. Terence is just a prick. Yeah. Uh, he went to a private school. She didn't. They they had some, some yeah, like, uh, uh, it incidents. Could come to, it could come, come down to something simple, like, at, at the Rock of Stedford, like, she said something and made him look a fool. Yeah. And being a, a pathetic man, he's held onto it for this long. Mm-hmm. And yes, has, has she's been- forgotten who he is. Like, absolutely. She's just gone on with her life solving cool outback crimes. Yeah. Um, she knows who Waltzing Matilda is about. Like, she figured she, worked she it, solved she that crime. She worked it out when she was 13. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, so so crime one was the serial killer. Yep, and that just turned out to be you know someone a little bit like dumber than what Sheila expected. Is Barnaby Joyce? (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't he have just been one of the one of the victims? I know that that's a bad thing to say. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I like that a bit better. Probably is that's 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 why the AFP is probably one of his wives. That's why the AFP came in because you know it was. You know, really high, high profile. Yeah, deputy high prime profile. minister yep. murdered. Everybody tries to not 
smirk in Parliament the next day. Um, um, okay, so that, that's the first crime. Um, a serial killer who seems to be not not as smart as what Sheila was expecting. Yeah, like, based, based on how well they were getting away with it up to that point, it seemed like it should have been someone much smarter than who it was. And, and then there's one little and clue. Just one yeah. little clue, and that is that a, a molar has been a taken mole. out of each- Has been taken out of each victim. Each victim. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because okay. of course, of course, you need you need that that evil dentist, you know, sitting in the background. You know, that's sort of like Baz is writing up his his journal about it. You know, well, this was a ripper case this time. Sheila was baffled when she came across the Bunyip killer. Um, no, but Sheila noticed that this killer could barely put two sentences together. Yep, he was a real dumbass. <laughs> dumbass, this one. <laughs> Kept saying, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> so, case two, then, is is maybe where the the resolution of it does actually introduce uh, Terrence Mullen, DDS. But, but as a, as a, like- Oh, he's a vic- he's the victim, maybe. Or he's like, the vic- uh, yeah, yeah, like, he, he's kind of in a helpless position, you know, yes. he can't, can't do anything and he's, he's oh so grateful, but, you know, it only just- Things more when. Oh, maybe do we hold off then? Do you just have that as a case that you solve, like this this dentist office in you know Bendigo? <laughs> uh, it has been like drugs have been taken, and you're tracking down like where they're being sold and different things. Um, and you don't even, and then you just solve it. And you go into the next case, and it's not like until you know the end of this case or the one after that, that something it, that becomes clear back. about case two. It's like. Oh shit! Like Mullen was set the whole thing up, and he was selling the drugs and framed the person that we actually pinned it on, and it's all been and, this huge ooh, thing. You go, you go to, um, you go with the AFP to to arrest arrest him, and there's just a note say with you know uh, Sheila, Sheila, Sheila Jackaroo, better luck next time, you know, and there's just just a molar just sitting there, and it's like um, it it's. You know the molar from her first case. That the one missing molar. That it's the it's the molar from the dental work she had ten years ago. <laughs> oh, like her- we ran the we ran the dental records. This is your tooth, Sheila. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm I'm now picturing that he's left like these X rays of of someone's someone's head and oh like, god, he like X rayed her in her sleep. <laughs> No, no, no. He he just happens to yeah, have he's got, he's all got the it. dental records. Yeah. He's got he's been involved in her life a lot longer than what Yeah, than what she realized. Especially it's, when it's she got realizes like her baby teeth that th- those records aren't aren't recent. They're actually yeah. yeah, decades old. But it's like how did he get them because he's also the same age? And it turns out that it's like his father was actually her, like her the dentist. local dentist. But when she was a kid, you know, she accused yeah. Terence's father of, of, you know, doing something, which he actually did. Yeah. He got arrested and he went got away, away for many years. And that's, that's where it also comes back to all this yep. stuff. Par- I, of I actually love this idea of, of having this outback. Oh yeah, and and setting up this whole like uh, class differences between them as well. The fucking private school kids because they're horrible uh, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for any private school. No, 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 no. That's fine. 
Well, the whole, the whole system's <laughs> fucked. All right. Um, um, <laughs> the views of Ben Slinger are not necessarily <laughs> the views of Bitstorm as a podcast. <laughs> Fuck privatization and three door click. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> One of my words is dentist. Come on. Huh? Are you serious? One of my words is dentist. Yeah. All right. Diverted we- household. A loud dentist. A Not- loud dentist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> shouting all over the place. Uh, I was almost thinking we should that that well, that I'd take it as that. It, it is A-double-L-O-W-E-D, as in someone who is allowed to be there or- mm-hmm. Okay, because dentists are, are complete assholes. The views of the, the Trevor Scott are not necessarily- <laughs> <laughs> No, we have said in canon, yeah, it's, the, can, it's canon in our show that dentists are all villains. Yes, as, as evidenced by our last game. Okay, so we know that dentists are literally the the scum of the scum of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're well, just above. They're just above a Barnaby Joyce. Just yeah. above. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would diverted be household. If- diverted household. Is this is this the family of a dentist who has been put into witness protection after the yeah. crimes of their dentist father or and and or oh, and husband? Ooh, yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm wondering if it's one of these things where you don't actually explain what the dentist husband did, mm. and it's it's literally like a story of this of this woman and her two her two kids trying to piece their lives back together after what the husband did. Mm-hmm. Kind of destroyed the. I feel like you destroyed- could call it. I feel like that could be the title of the game: "What the Husband Did," but um, it's never actually revealed. No, it, you don't need to reveal it. You know it was bad because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to talk about it to anyone. I kind of like the idea that it's kind of a Shit's Creek sort of thing because you just said that you were watching Shit's Creek yes, before yes, coming I in, was. Um, and I like the idea that it's sort of like she's gone to this small little town to get away from. Okay, so it's more of a. It's more of this sort of. It's actually more of a, a an upbeat story than what you would first think in that yeah. she's reinventing her life coming mm. from, you know, dentists are pretty well paid. So, coming from, you know, at least upper middle class kind of lifestyle and now, yes, has has nothing living in this small town and it's about- So, is it sort of- It's sort of a almost a Stardew Valley-ish vibe of- Not necessarily not necessarily from the gameplay point of view, but just of there's a town, you start to get to know the people, yeah. you're, you're setting yourself up in this town, maybe you have to get a job, you've got multiple places you can get jobs and mo- maybe multiple schools you can send them to. Maybe you can choose to send your kids to private school and fuck them up completely as a person. Uh, but- <laughs> It's really around, <laughs> like, yeah, finding your way back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, is the family in hiding? Yes. I think that makes it somewhat interesting. Because then as you are building these relationships in the town, there's the risk of, like, your true identity getting out uh, or the past coming back to haunt you in that way. Yeah. There is a dentist in town, so there's some real fucking tension there. Maybe there are rare- good dentist or at least seem to be so like you have real but she has real trouble accepting that yeah because you know obviously her husband was it's it's implied that he was somewhat abusive i think yes i mean i think it's it's heavily implied that that what he was he was a horrible person and whatever he did also affected her and, and yes potentially like yeah. was directly abusive to her and the children 
Yeah, but I, what I what I do like about this sort of idea is that you can show that life does move on, and I don't think that there's going to be a, a chance for him to actually come back think, into the no, picture. I don't think he's in the game at all. I think he's just her backstory, essentially. Uh, he's the reason she's she's there and needs to pick herself back up and her life back up. Uh, and then, yeah, it's about it's about this town. And it's about your family and, and how they make their way through this town. Yeah. And what, what she does to, to get her life back on t- track. It's kind of like a cello got a groove back sort of thing that. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a bit, I'm almost picturing, cause we did say sort of Stardew Valley ish in, in a way. I, I don't mind adding some like creative elements into it of like maybe you can set up your house and your garden and stuff over time where you get new different things. But also yeah, you're going you, you out into the town to- Sort of almost do like a, a, a The Sims sort of thing around the house that you can mm. sort of um, highlight certain sections that you want to update with the latest furnishings and that sort of stuff. Like Yeah, and you can make choices about, oh, do we, you know, get a big screen TV because that's what the kids want for entertainment or do we, you know- Or do get- we get hot water? Like, because the hot <laughs> well, water- Well, yeah, you may have- Yes. Yes, I think you have, particularly in the early- Sections you you have some struggles there with with having to to deal with poverty essentially with with not having enough money to go around and can you talk the kids into yeah let, let's just go down to the local video store that is still somehow got got tapes and <laughs> it's all a this small sort of town stuff. yeah small it's town a- um because you know it costs less to hire a videotape a week rather than spending all your money on Netflix sort of kids we can't afford Netflix but listen we'll go down there and we'll we'll we can get well, one laser disc. <laughs> 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 no, budge- we can't afford the one with the special features. I've budgeted in one hasty DVD. Oh no, wait, they only have Betamax at this store. Right. Why did we spend all that money on the Laserdisc and the HD DVD in one when we could have bought that Betamax for a quarter of the cost? Well, God. kids, you wanted the special features. Well, now now you're going to have to buy everything and it's going to cost so much money. We can't afford the internet. Oh, mom. We can't afford the budget. Of the rest of this game, and then the game just quits. Ah, oh, bugger. That was fun. Readable. <laughs> Should end all our games like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so my first word, which- uh, Can we just remind the audience that we get an adjective and a noun? And my first uh-huh. word is adjective fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but adjective isn't even an adjective. Oh my god. Uh going store. Um Okay, is this a store that sells adjectives? Oh, okay. Interesting. It's kind of a game where you just you're selling describing words and you can sort of So is know- this sort of like a uh scribble notes sort of thing where you when you attach a an adjective to something, it kind yeah. of takes effect. Yeah. So a smelly customer comes in and- Oh, and, and you buy smelly off them. And you buy smelly off them and you sell them like lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really interesting because a person doesn't want smelly, but then another customer might come in with some cheese. Ooh, and they like- really want that rich, that rich cheese flavor and it kind of changes. Yeah. They, they come in with some- dry cheese and you're like oh well look wet no well no no you sell them you sell them smelly because that's going to alter the type of cheese that they have you got smelly for a steal because that guy didn't want to be smelly but now you can 
up the price because smelly in this situation is much more valuable. Yeah. Well, smelly is kind of a rare word as well. Like, um, it's rare to get something that is, that can describe so many different things. Cause sometimes there, there's like words that are literally only going to be for, for one usage. I mean, I guess. I mean, just imagine, just imagine you get funny. Like someone sells you the word funny. Mm-hmm. And then a comedian walks in. And it's like, oh, I can jack this price right up because you know well, that's that this it. Is I gonna- think it's about that supply and demand of the value of the of that adjective to particular people or objects that those people have. Uh, and so you you might have some something like weird sitting on your back shelf for months. I mean, who and then wants- Al comes in. Yeah, someone comes in with a broken clock and sells you the word broken. Mm. But then, you know, you kind of like, how am I going to sell this? And then someone comes in with a curse and you can go, I've got the perfect word for you. Broken curse. And exactly. Like, the curse is gone. Exactly. And they just, and the, and now you have the word spooky that you took from the curse. Uh, and that's never going to sell. It, it re- no, it really goes well at Halloween. Ah, yeah. Someone can, comes in with a shitty costume. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they've got- um, You happen to have two spookies, and you go, spooky, spooky. But they don't want to sell you, so it's a spooky, spooky, shitty costume. But (laughs) it still works, because it's spooky, extra spooky. Oh, you can even have, like, what do you call those grammatical things where it affects the adjective? I don't know. Is is there a- I'm sure there's a term for it. Um, mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I'm sure there is a word for it, uh, but uh, I don't know my grammar well enough. Yeah, I, I don't know of of a word that <laughs> describes, that, describes that. But anyway, it may just be another adjective. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's an adjective that's 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 building on top of the adjective. So something super extra smelly. Yep. If you really need that, I. Like this idea, I, th- I think this is pretty cool. You could, you could easily put some some simple gameplay in there. Of you got to be careful about what what you sort of got around the store because you really don't want to put powerful next to the word curse because mm. all of a sudden you know you've just caused a lot of a lot of um, well, I think horribleness. Yeah. I think, and I think in that case, the curse is is represented by something. Like, I think the nouns are all just the actual things in the world, and then you mm-hmm. have some way of of attaching the adjectives to them. But yes, I, I think you have a mix of oh, like sometimes an adjective that you buy, it could be really valuable to sell, but maybe you want to apply it to like the sign out the front because now it's eye-catching, mm. right? I mean, that neon really works well. Just attaching the word eye-catching to it actually turns it from a dull paper sign into a neon sign. Yeah. So, in this world, are you the only one who can actually, like, see the aura of the adjectives? Because I'm picturing yeah, a lot maybe. of particle effects and, you know, it's sort of like when you when you see this thing, and they're kind of on the shelves in glass, mm. like glass jars, uh, but special glass jars. And when people sort of come in, there's a bit of ridicule there because, you know, people don't believe that you're actually selling a, a physical product. You've got a special jar full of gullible. <laughs> 
that you just kind of sprinkle on them. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally you get a you get someone who is just literally gullible, and you yeah. can see that you can see the gullible aura around them. Yeah, you stock like- up. You stock up. Yeah, uh, uh, or can- maybe it's maybe it's more trusting. Like you've got some trust. You've got some trusting that you that you utilize in times of of non-believers. Or, or, yes. or it's it's literally you you can just find some sort of noun that you've you know some sort of object mm-hmm. and you can apply a very simple Red. thing to this like a uh, color it could just be a color or a they, they literally see a clown hot. there and they're like that cre- that clown is creepy and it's like oh yeah what if I do this so you take creepy away and you put funny and yeah. they start laughing and they're it's like kind of like. <laughs> I'll take seven. And it's like, oh, wow, this this actually does work. And so, you start telling them what you can sell. Yep. You have to sort of bring people on board and explain where do you get new words, new adjectives from? Can you can you conjure them out of nothing, but they're kind no, of weak? No, I, I think you- I like the idea that they're kind of weak. Ones that you- like you, you kind of can make a carbon copy or or kind well, of take okay. a little Maybe from. Yeah, they're they're weak in that they have to be. It's a specific set of words that are that are not very like they're, they're not not very effective as an adjective. So it might just be something like damp. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people, it may be really hot outside, and someone just wants a damp washcloth. Like yeah. Sort of- yeah, yeah, it comes in useful sometimes, and, and those. But the more powerful ones, the ones that are going to really have a big change on a noun, uh, you have to buy them from from other people. I think you're mm. doing a lot of bartering. You're doing a lot of trade. Oh, for some for some of the more horrible sort of sounding words like moldy, mm. you can sort of go down to the bakery and you're looking through the trash can and you go moldy bread. I'll take that, and you can sort of you know get some. Yeah, of those- you could do some scavenging. Of of that sort of sort, I think definitely though, like any adjectives that are describing a person, it's it's you can't take that without their consent. Uh, that's a real like you know problematic behavior, uh, and even even other even people's objects and properties. So yeah, it's it's essentially you're you're taking aspects of their of these physical things and finding finding their value. What what is an adjective shop called? Describe this. Well, I'm trying to think: is this is is it an adjective itself? Um, but uh, I, I keep on coming back to needful things. Sort of, it does. It's got a needful things kind of vibe. But I, I like the idea that a that an adjective shop could actually be really that's really a fun, fun. That's to a sort fun of- little thing. That's a fun little interesting kind of mag- semi magical world with with words that particularly. If, and I don't know if you if you do it more scene based. Or systems based, like we sort of mentioned scribble notes, but because I, I like the idea of you can have certain things that happen to, like if you've got smelly, then you can throw that on anything and little stink lines will start coming up over and people will start avoiding it. Mm. Um, if you've got glowing, you know, then obviously they let things literally start to glow. If you've got colors and if you've got uh, speedy, right, you can give that to a dog and it runs <laughs> 10 times the speed. I don't know. Ooh, it, it's, it's one of these things that you could be on, on the lookout for, you know, that horse trainer who's hmm. just just looking to get his horse to win. He does, he'll win at all costs. Yeah, well, and, that's it. That's it. So, um, so- what I was thinking with the cultivating that you can sort of- If you find a really, really powerful- adjective that you've got you can take like little cuttings of it and sort of cultivate that with like you sort of sprinkle a little bit of magic dust on it and sort of try to grow it to a um okay interesting okay interesting 
if you're mixing and matching and, and, and combining adjectives, is it the effects of them that sort of play a part or is it the letters themselves? The effects. Okay. So, well, I, what, what I'm saying is, you know, you, you kind of, you cut a little bit off smelly and you've got like not a strongest, you know, it's kind of like a weak smelly. So it's, it's smelly. So you've it's got like pungent. Well, or like, uh, I guess that's maybe more smelly. Yeah. Well, does it but, add a does it add a modifier to it? Does it add a uh, slightly? <laughs> yeah, and, until finally you get mildly. Yeah. Um. Oh, and and it's those modifiers that you kind of you kind of you know sprinkling a little bit on, and it kind of incorporates itself into into this aura of smelly mm. until finally you know you can now take. Um, the previous smelly that you had is now sort of formed back up to be full, so you can take another little bit of a cutting off that, and you can sort of keep some of your some of your more rare words around, so that you can you can on sell graft them to other things essentially, or like yes, sell versions of them. That okay, what happens when the dentist walks in and he's you see the like a bright Evil. red aura. Yeah, it's just got the word evil just written around him or, you know, sneaky or, you know. Well, that's when you find the limits of your power because that adjective cannot be removed. No. <laughs> Until you find godlike as an adjective and apply it to yourself. But don't let him get hold of it. <laughs> don't let that dentist steal that word from your grasp. When someone's leaving, you kind of just- See a slight aura of the word murdery. And it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> homicidal. <laughs> you start helping the cops out. <laughs> you go into a room and it's like guilty. Yep. Okay. That person. <laughs> that person right there. <laughs> Except you could have put it on anyone. <laughs> guilty, Sheila. <laughs> you actually. Yeah, you do that, but then you remember that you sold guilty. To someone who is who in in mm. in return for shifty, which was on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, what what happens if you start getting infected by some of the things? Do you have to scrub at your like mini game to sort of scrub the the horrible <laughs> adjectives on? <laughs> so you just you you start speeding up because you spilled a bottle of faster yourself um, accidentally. Yeah, you, oh, you start fucking people over because you accidentally uh, dropped the dodgy bottle mm. of dodgy. I, I mean, right. what, what, one of the best describing words that you didn't realise at the time was the word fucking because it can describe so much. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't even sort of realise it was an adjective. You thought it was a ver- you thought it was an adverb uh, until you realised, oh wait, that could be applied to all sorts of things and just am- it just amplifies them. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just a fucking general- awesome clock. And it's yeah. like people start buying these clocks like instantly. And the whole point is that eventually you find the word happy and you put it on your own head. And then you're, that's it. That was your goal the whole time. You were trying to trade up to happy. Mm. Three to one click for our last game. One more quick one. Unless mm-hmm. it's not. Upward influence. Shaped. Amber. Ooh. Ooh. So, upward influence makes me think of something that's buried and is, like, affecting the area above where it is. Like, the mm-hmm. the the world, the ground. Okay. And shaped amber is making me think of Jurassic Park. Yes. 
So, how can we combine? Is this future Jurassic Park and they've either built an underground Jurassic Park or a Jurassic Park on a huge flying airship? I do like the huge flying airship. It's the only way. And the airship is shaped like amber. Like, it's kind of- Kind of like the, um, you know, you have a look at it from the from the ground. It's like, is that like a huge mosquito encased in amber? <laughs> <laughs> and the person, the woman who created it, her name is Amber. But yes, she was named Amber that. Hammond. Amber Hammond, exactly. She's like the granddaughter, great granddaughter, niece, or whatever. Because I don't think he he only had, yeah. Um, it's like, like Le- Lex's yeah. Lex's granddaughter or something. Yeah. So um, this is years in the. Years this in is the- a couple generations on, so that the we can have some interesting tech. <laughs> and they've done this because at least if any dinosaurs escape, they'll just fall to their death. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, except the flying ones. Except the flying dinosaurs, which they've they, made the mistake. They really of- shouldn't have. They shouldn't have <laughs> no. made those pterodactyls. But look, it's it's. It's Jurassic Park. They always go too far. They always yeah. I mean, push whose great idea far. was it to build thirty raptors on on an airship? Like, and look, life finds a way. And somehow those raptors got smart enough to break into the genetic engineering lab and give their children wings. <laughs> so now we have winged raptors, which you'd think would just be sort of like pterodactyls, but they're smarter and they've got the big claw. I, I just I just don't understand Dangerous. why they did why they didn't make like some nice dinosaurs. People don't don't always need to see, you know, the the super like Tyrannosaurus ones. Well look, they tried to do that in, ju- in Jurassic World, right? They tried to make Yeah, but then they still made raptors. raptors and and the whatever the hell that It's true. They should really just make herbivores. Yeah. Indominus Since- Rex or whatever. Well, yeah, that was just a fucking disaster all up. Mm. But look, Amber hasn't made that mistake. No, she, she just made, made other fucking raptors. She made other mistakes. She was like, we, she, maybe she's trying to make raptors that are like next level intelligent. Yeah. Because she's herbivores. Because she's only fed them on oh, like they're herbivore all raptors. vegan, yes. all vegan diets. Yes. Yes. But they're dangerous because they're so intelligent and they start affecting the stock market. <laughs> But the veganism, you know, they didn't have enough iron in, in their diet and, they, and they're and they a little weaker because she hasn't been giving them the supplements that they need because they, they just- Well, they grew wings and escaped, so where are they going to get them? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Um, okay, so is this 20 years later and there's now a million flying raptors? Yeah, yes. Uh, well, it's- is this- And one of them comes to her office is with a briefcase. Yeah, this is 20 <laughs> years later and raptors are now just a part of society. And it's now getting political. Like, uh, one of them's running for office. <laughs> they were in movies. Yeah. If you explore the world, you find, like, a whole heap of them, like, going on a hike. Watch out for flying raptors. Yeah, and they're, they're just really Central uppity. Park is just- They're just really- Really uppity because they're like, well, you can't fly, and we're super intelligent. So and so we decide, fuck it, we're going to abandon the Earth, and that's why we're now building, you know, the the ark to escape. Yeah, yeah, we've we've just like the just like the dinosaurs, you know, left the planet to us so many tens of millions of years ago. We're just going to leave the planet to the dinosaurs. Yep, that's the plan. 
and then you succeed, and that's the end. That's all we have time for tonight on on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, we have uh, other episodes, many of them. Some of them about raptors, some of them about dentists, most of them about a variety of other things. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm, listen to them there, leave us a review, uh, follow, you'll get email notifications and things when you uh, when we have a new episode, which is every single week. So, go and do that. As long as there's no power outages, then we try to get it out on every every Monday. We, exactly, yeah. We, but we, we still manage, it might, sometimes it's a few days late, it's still there. It comes we out. still release something, and if not, then we might put something on socials. We may not. We're not good um, at that. We're not good <laughs> at that. We we've got full time jobs. This is this is our fun time. Um, we'd like to thank Kuridas for allowing us the use of the song "Mount Defiance" off of the album "Containment Failure." So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. I'll just assign you creepy, and there you go. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Why did I do that?